The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Yes, you're at the right place for the most practical, realistic, and current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. And, yeah, we do have a little fun along the way. I am Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini. And during this first hour, we have a lot to share with you. Ice dams, isn't it a little hot for ice dams? But... (laughs) We have a homeowner that really had some problems last year. We're going to try to help them do a few things before the cold weather gets here. I think we have a little bit of time on that one. Also, cool surface technology in paint. Have you ever heard about it? I'm going to tell you about it in just a little bit and how that could maybe solve some problems you're having around your home. Also, jazzing up the concrete steps and the look of the concrete steps. We have a few ideas for a homeowner on that. Also, the proper way to eliminate a skylight. Sometimes people, maybe they buy home, you have a skylight in there, it's just not working. Uh, You want to eliminate it while you're getting the roof done, but there's a couple things you have to remember to do in order for it to look right for a long, long time. Also, lots of great emails coming in. And Joe, what about that simple solution coming up in just a little bit? Well, I've got a really quick tip on how to clean your barbecue grill, whether it's a gas grill or a charcoal grill. Um, And it doesn't require using any kind of product that you have to buy and spray on and nothing toxic or anything like that. So uh, I'll be sharing that a little later on in the program. Another good, simple solution with perfect timing. Also, by now, a lot of people have used their grills and probably not cleaning them as well. Right. Look forward to hearing all about that. You know, another thing, Joe, over the years, we've gotten a lot of um, people asking about pressure washers. And, you know, pressure Mm -hmm. washers are, are, boy, there's so many different kinds. And and I know that um, that you've done a lot of research on the different pros and kinds of things. So I thought that would be good for us to um, to kind of go over that a little bit. I do want to remind everybody to reach out to us anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and call us at 800-946-4420, or you can send us an email, todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Joe, you know, um, when I built my new home, I, I bought a couple different electric pressure washers. Right. Pretty yeah. disappointed in them. They just, uh, I just don't think the PSI that they have on there is actually uh, right. I just, is it, it accurate, it, you think? It, yeah, it, yeah, these things are just uh, glorified water hoses, but there are some electric pressure washers that uh, can hold up to certain things and are perfect for a lot of things around the home. Yeah, I guess that's the first place to start, right, Danny? Is that there's no one pressure washer that's going to solve the problems for every homeowner. So you have to figure out which one you want to buy. And they Mm -hmm. come in basically three sizes. They're rated as light duty pressure washers, which are typically, they're the smallest, most compact, and typically they are electric. And although they lack maybe power, you have the convenience of electricity. You plug it in, you hook up the hose, the garden hose to it, and you're ready to go. There's no gas and oil and everything else you have to mess with. <clears throat> the medium-duty pressure washers and then the heavy-duty pressure washers are gas models. And um, in every pressure washer, regardless of the style that you buy or the size, um, they're rated by two uh, specs. One is 
pounds per square inch PSI of water pressure produced, like how much pressure it can shoot out the end of the wand, then gallons per minute, noted as GPM, which is how much water is delivered per minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you want to balance that. Um, To give you an example, like uh, the the smaller electric ones um, usually produce uh, the PSI between about 1,200 and 1,900, and they and they deliver maybe one and a half to two gallons of water per minute. And 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 some yeah you know, something like that would be perfect for uh, washing the cars and so forth. Washing yeah, cars, cars or boats, trucks, RVs, yeah, uh-huh. windows, siding, you know, anything small like that. Um, but if you move up to heavy duty, either medium duty or heavy duty, <clears throat> you know, then you can really start moving some water. We're talking about PSIs as high as almost four thousand and spraying like three gallons a minute. So, um, and of course you're be, going to be spending more and more or light duty pressure washers. You can get electric one for a hundred dollars or a really high end one for 300, where if you're getting a heavy duty pressure washer, when a larger gas powered ones, you're probably going to start at about 500 and go up from there. Um, but the other tip that I always give people when they start asking me about pressure washers is go out and rent one, rent That's one, right. just pick, pick That's any right. size. It almost doesn't That's matter. Right. I would say probably start with a medium size one. And try it on whatever it is you're washing. Like we've been getting a lot of calls, Danny, about, you know, my deck is looks like it's been, you know, had a rough year. Can I use a pressure wash on it? Or my siding's got mold and mildew on it. Can I use so, you know, you're not gonna use a light duty electric one to clean a whole deck. So take a guess at what size you might need, but you don't wanna buy it and then find out you bought the wrong size. So mm-hmm. rent one. And if you find it's not powerful enough, then the next weekend rent a slightly larger one. And until you get comfortable using it and it does what you need it to do, depending on the surfaces you're cleaning. If you have concrete driveway and walkways you want to clean, you know you might you need a more powerful one. Um, then at that point, once you're comfortable with the size and the power of the one that you've been renting, then you can go out and buy one. Now, a lot of the pressure washers also have the reservoir there that you're able yep. to put in the soap. And uh, you have to be careful on that. Make sure you're buying a cleaner that is okay to put through your pressure washer. There's right. some that'll say, do not use on a pressure washer. Not sure why, but um, you want to make sure that you're using the right one. And also really think about it. I mean, you know, f- for the most of the pros out there, when they're cleaning something, they'll lightly, they'll just take the pressure washer, put a little mist, a little bit of water, just put a little bit on the surface that they're cleaning, then they'll put the soap on there, whether you use it with a pump-up sprayer or whether you're using the reservoir that's in the, um, the most of the pressure washers. Either way, they put that on a certain amount of area and then let it sit for a little while. Maybe you can go and, and start uh, working on another area of the home, but uh, let it sit a little bit and let that cleaner start loosening everything up before you use that. Now, I'll tell you what, I have seen a lot of decks that just look terrible because someone did not have have a consistent um, distance from the right. wood. Yep. Maybe the wood's a little soft here and there, and boy, it just gouges wood. I've seen it on a cedar-sided home that could not be repaired. Nothing you can do about it except replace the boards. Right. And uh, so you have to be careful with that. Use some common sense. I mean, I have pressure washers ranging from 1,500 PSI to 3,700 PSI. And let me let me tell you that 3,700 yeah. PSI, <laughs> will, you don't want to have that up on top of a ladder and then pull the trigger. 
right. um, because you will end up uh, on your back um, on the ground. And, it's like a and, recoil on a rifle. Right, yeah. And then, then trip to the hospital. But yeah, you want to be really, really careful when you're uh, getting up on a ladder using any pressure washer, but particularly a very big one. And you're right about um, a lot of people are just don't want to fool with gas and oil and spark right. plugs and, and all of that. Perfectly understandable. That's what's driving a lot of the cordless market with tools that people yep. are going, I'm not going to get that weed eater that I've got to mix all that fuel. I'm getting an electric one and I'll be fine. And they've gotten so, so much better now, stronger and can last a lot longer with the lithium batteries that um, the gas is something is, you know, um, even lawnmowers and riding lawnmowers now yeah. are, are able to be um, electric and cordless. So um, I think the, the gasoline engine and things like that is uh, maybe on its way out. Yeah, it's good for the environment, too, because they produce so much uh, emissions, so many bad emissions. I bought, I think I mentioned on air a couple of weeks ago, I bought a walk behind a battery powered lawnmower and I love it. And it's, and it's, and it's self-propelled. The thing and it has uh-huh. has an adjustment for the walking speed. If you crank it all the way up, you almost have to jog to keep up with this thing. I mean, it's really pretty impressive that it's battery powered. And 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 plus, your wife Marla can get out there and mow that grass early in the morning that's without right. waking you up. Now that she, is a real advantage there of she, the electric mower. Absolutely, she gets out on the front porch with her cup of coffee and says, "Joe, hurry up to mow the lawn <laughs> because it's getting a little high." <laughs> well, you know, you, you can do that thing where you where you're like, "This is so much fun, honey." I mean, we are having a blast. This is like Tom feel, Sawyer in the fence. Uh, yeah, in the Tom fence, Sawyer. Yeah. Exactly, and I feel so gratified. Gratified when I mow the grass, honey. You yeah. need you need to try this. You need to try it. You're and gonna just, love it. Yeah. And then go inside and lock the door. Don't let her back in until I six mowed. So we'll see how see how that works out for you. Hey, we are gonna have a lot of fun. I got a couple little stories I want to tell you that that's kind of that's kind of uh, funny and kind of uh, me getting ready for my retirement that's coming up at the end of the year, and I'm already getting ready for it. I'll tell you a few of those stories along with all of the many calls and emails, tell you about the cool surface tech technology, and many, many other things that we're going to share with you. I've got a couple great emails that came in that I'll also um, share with you as well. We've got a lot to cover. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. We're a nationally syndicated radio show in over 360 markets, including this one in Clovis, New Mexico. KCLV AM 1240. Special hello to everybody there in New Mexico. And hey, we want to help you out with any challenge you might be having around your home. You'd like to send us an email. We'd like to get them. Send us one right now. Today'sHomeowner.com slash ask or pick up the phone and call us on the Today's Homeowner hotline, 800-946-4420. That's what Kitty did in Minnesota. Kitty, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on around your house. Good morning, Danny and Joel. Thank you for taking my question. Sure. And I had ice dams on one part of my roof last year. So the guys who came out to remove them included a roofer, and he recommended that we use the heating cables or mats and put them up there. My roof has kind of a low incline, and that part of it is too high for me to roof rake. And I don't know if using those heating cables or mat is a good idea or not. I don't know if they're safe. 
Um, and then the other thing that the roofer also recommended is that if I put those up there, that I leave them on all winter, that I never turn them off. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to shift you right to our resident um, uh, ice expert, um, ice dam <laughs> expert, uh, Joe Truini. Joe, what do you think on that? I mean, uh, would you really? Um, well, first of all, uh, tell Kitty your opinion on, on ice sure. dams, how to prevent them, and the viability of using some of these uh, heating systems. Yeah, Kitty, the reason I am the ice man cometh is because I live in Connecticut, <laughs> And Danny is in Alabama, so he probably doesn't face ice dams very often. Um, the um, heating cables for the longest time didn't really work, and they weren't really recommended. But the the quality of the heating cables have improved. But the key the key thing is they have to be installed by a professional who knows what he's doing um, in order to make them work. Now, the thing that um, the purpose of the heating cable though is only to create what they call relief channels in the snow and ice to hopefully prevent water from backing up the roof, which is what an ice dam is. It's ice forms in the gutter, melting snow comes down, it can't drain off, so it backs up the roof and gets under the shingles and then eventually into the house. So what the heating cable does, again, is creates these uh, relief channels that ice can um, melt and drain off. Um, how effective they are sort of depends on, like you're in Minnesota, so they don't have to be really um, super effective to work. The very first thing, you should do is of course get a roof rake and remove the snow. You say this is too high to do, so yeah. that, that's a problem. I I use a roof rake, and that's how I eliminated. And you only have to remove the snow from the bottom two feet or so. So if there's any way you could reach it, that'd be the first thing. But in any case, the the point is, heating cables do work, but they're really a band aid solution that doesn't eliminate the problem. What you need to do is insulate, ventilate, and seal any air leaks going into the attic. That that's because what's happening, of course, is warm air from your home is getting up into the attic, warming the underside of the roof sheathing, causing the snow to melt, the water runs down, hits the eave of the house, which is sticking out past the wall, and of course, there's no heat there, so it freezes, and that's what causes it. So if you can stop that, keep the attic as cold as possible, you can prevent these from forming in the first place, you won't need anything. You won't need any heat, you won't have to rake the snow off the roof, you won't need heating cables. So. I would get someone in there, make sure you have enough insulation in your attic. You need at least 14 to 16 inches. You want to seal any air leaks, meaning cables, pipes, vents that are going through the ceiling into the attic. You want to seal those, prevent air from coming through. And you want to make sure that there's ventilation, soffit vents and ridge vents to keep air moving. Um, in an extreme case, which you might have being in Minnesota with a low pitch roof, is they spray foam insulation on the underside of the roof sheathing. And that also keeps the roof warmer protects it from warm air leaking up into the attic. So to answer your question briefly, yeah, they do work, but they're really, a band, in my opinion, a Band-Aid solution to what the real problem is. Got it. And I have a crawl space and not an attic, and it's a modular home. So bottom part is um, poured cement, top part is modular home. Right. I don't have a gutter on that side of the house. I've had like three different guys come out and look at it, and everybody gives right. me a different opinion. It's so you have gutters on part of your I house, can't figure but not... out what to do. But I can yes. definitely have somebody look and check the insulation on that, and I suppose they'd have to go in through the ceiling in the bedroom or bathroom where I'm having the issue. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you have access to the ceiling above, right under the roof. You have you you say you don't have an attic, but there must be something above the ceiling that people can get into, right? 
You know, I don't, and it's a modular home, and I've never had one before, so I don't see anywhere where you can get into, like, go into the crawl space. I don't even really know that there is much of a one. Well, there has to be because of the slope of the roof, but. Yeah. Well, I've never seen a house where you couldn't get into the attic. Without opening up the ceiling. Yeah. I've never seen a home where you couldn't get into the attic. You're calling it a crawl space. A crawl space typically is under the house, but I understand what you're saying. You have a very little. Yeah, we have one. Yeah, yeah, it's not really attic, per se. Well, I would definitely get somebody up in there. I mean, I, I've never heard of a house that they didn't have access to the attic, as small as the attic. I mean, they have to for the wiring and stuff, but they usually, sure. I mean, if they do a light or something, they just take it out right there. So right. Um, it just seems to be pretty much the roof, and it's yeah. angled down with just the ceiling right below it. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone's going to have to get up in there and insulate. I suspect you're going to find very little insulation and all that heat is coming up. And, and because it's a low-pitched roof, of course, it's much closer to the ceiling. So it needs very little heat to get up there. And you don't have to warm the roof so much that it's hot. You only have very little heat. You'd be surprised to melt that snow that's um, on, on, on your roof. Yeah, the last few years we've been having a lot of melt um, freeze cycles. So we'll right. get this heavy, heavy wet snow, and then it melts and forms like a big sheet of ice. Yeah. And then we'll yep. get more heavy snow on top and then more ice. It's just not yeah. my favorite thing and, to deal with. But yeah, I guess no, I'll just I, get somebody. I, I hear your frustration. And, and like I said, the the if, if you can't do anything else, then I guess the heating cables would offer some relief. But ultimately, again, it's really not addressing the problem at its source. Okay. So who. Get a roofer, a handyman, who would be the best person to take a look up there and figure it out? I would say a general contractor. Just get a contractor okay. or a modeler, um, even just a, a insulation company. I'm sure you have a company up there that just does insulation. I say I'm concerned that, mm-hmm. you know, my attic is under-insulated, and I don't know how they're going to get up in there. I guess, I mean, again, there's, it seems like this has to be. Danny, have you ever seen a house where there's no access to an attic? Yeah, the um, the manufactured homes like that, uh, they don't have access. Very rarely do they have access. It's um, just uh, they do all of their wiring in there. Any of the uh, right. air conditioning generally is underneath, and then they just put the ceiling up, and that's it. So, uh, oh. uh, And also there's a, a number of different types of coatings. One is called Cool Seal that just um, kind of – uh, regulates the temperature a little bit better. That may also be um, a possible solution on that. But uh, I would ask around a lot of your uh, friends and neighbors and so forth, um, you know, who they uh, have worked with on similar things and see if you can't get a recommendation from uh, someone that does the cabling on a regular basis and uh, and get them out there and see what they think. All right. That sounds like a plan. All right, Kitty, well, best of luck to you on that, and uh, um, you're, you're wise to go ahead and start addressing this before you're sitting there f- facing uh, the cold, cold weather that's right around the corner. So uh, uh, best of luck to you on that, and certainly uh, glad you were part of the show this week. Thank you. I appreciate your help. Yeah, the days are for sure getting shorter. You guys have a oh, nice yeah, no day. Doubt, no doubt about it. Okay, you take care, Kitty, and we'll um, have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hard to talk about um, or think about cold uh, you know, snow and ice and that kind of thing when a lot of the areas of the country are still close to a hundred degrees. That's uh, right. Yeah. But, but it is wise to get a, to get a head start on all of that. But, um, you know, um, the, the whole manufactured home, mobile home, whatever you want to call them over the years, they've certainly gotten a lot better. The codes have gotten a lot stricter. Uh, and there's probably some of them that has a little bit of attic space, but traditionally they 
keep them as low as they possibly can so that, you know, when they're going down the road, you don't have any height issues or anything like that. So, you know, it's something to to think about from that standpoint. Hey, when we come back here on today's Homeowner Radio, we're going to talk about this cool surface technology. Pretty interesting if you have a porch or something that's just too hot to stand on. Well, this can reduce that heat by up to 20%. I'll tell you more about it when we come back. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone. Creating beautiful landscapes. And by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know, painting walkable surfaces outside is always a challenge because they take so much abuse from not only foot traffic, but also the scorching rays of the sun. Now, that's why Glidden developed their new porch and floor paint with cool surface technology. The cool surface technology limits the surface temperature by up to 20% when compared to other products of similar color color. That alone makes this paint a great asset for creating a beautiful lasting look on porches, patios, pool deck, just about anywhere outside. In addition, the paint doesn't require a primer for application and it's very durable and scratch resistant. Plus, this coating can be used on a variety of surfaces including coated or uncoated wood, coated or uncoated concrete, brick, and pavers. So if this is something that might appeal to you and might have a use around your house, you can find out more about this Glidden Port and floor paint with cool surface technology by logging on to homedepot.com. Always technology sneaking in just about everything we do around the home. I was thinking I might just paint the bottom of all my shoes. Well, you could do that. Or just, just walk wear, around. And every, every, every surface will be a cool surface. Yeah? Thicker shoes. Just get yeah. thicker shoes. There you <laughs> go. Okay, we're going back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. We'd love for you to join us on the hotline at 800-946-4420. Leslie, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on around your house. Yeah, I moved from Alabama to Michigan about a year ago. Yeah, that was quite a change for you, That's wasn't it? That's the opposite yeah. commute. Don't people usually move to Alabama from <laughs> Michigan? <laughs> well, so we bought this house, and we've been remodeling a lot of stuff in it. And my problem is I got a, the roofers roofed over the hole where I had a skylight, but they didn't put a brace in it, so it's soft up there. So I was wondering how we can fix that from underneath. When you say soft, Leslie, you mean the drywall they put on the ceiling doesn't have support behind no, they it? Didn't, they, didn't, they didn't do nothing inside. All oh. they did was put a board over the hole on the roof and shingled over it. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you, um, I, I can relate back uh, many years ago on a, on a um, hurricane that so, so many times in hurricanes where trees will fall and a lot of times they'll just puncture a hole right through the decking. Right. And, and what happened um, when the repairs were being done, uh, so many times I saw where the roofers did just what you're talking about, cut a section out, put a piece of plywood in, and they put it in with the grain running in the wrong direction. A lot of people don't even realize that there is grain in plywood. And, you know, you're supposed to go, if you're looking at your joist, um, your, your rafters, then the grain should run 
left to right, not vertically. If it runs vertically, it will bow. That could be what's happening, but the good news is hopefully you have access inside the attic and you can basically just take a couple two-by-fours or two-by-sixes. Um, you know, it's probably easier just to screw them in place instead of nailing them, but you can nail them in place. And just um, put those in as secondary supports directly under that plywood, and that'll take care of it. There shouldn't be any problem, but um, I would suggest doing that before long because if it is positioned in the wrong way, uh, it'll continue to sag and make it harder to make it nice and flat. But that's all you really need to do is either do it yourself or have a handyman or a contractor come in. Uh, fairly easy job if the access is there. Um, can you get to it fairly easily inside? Oh, yeah, it's a small, we're in a, mod, a mobile home and it's a small bathroom and, and it's open. You can see the board right there. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all you'd need to do, be able to get right inside from the bathroom there. That'd be perfect. And Leslie, just to clarify, I'm sure Danny would agree that you want the two-by-fours on edge. Yeah, correct. Not, not yeah, flat yeah. against yeah, thanks. the— thanks. That's right. Yeah. yeah, not flat against the roof sheathing because, you know, it could still bow. Mm -hmm. Probably wouldn't, but it might. So the two-by-four, the two-by-six, you want the, the thin edge, the thinner edge, the one-and-a-half-inch edge against the plywood. This way, it provides the most support. And I think at least, even if it's a small— um, a small patch. I agree. I agree with Danny. You need at least two supports nailed in there. Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'd like to get it done before it snows. Sure. <laughs> well, good. I think. I think that's an easy fix. I'm glad we were able to talk with you about it. And uh, best of luck on that. And I appreciate you being a part of the show. And hope you have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Joe, we've been getting some great emails, and uh, I wanted to share one with you here. Sure. That, um, a gentleman that we spoke with probably a month or so ago named Barry uh, mm -hmm. was talking about how he has a crazy amount of acorns in his yard. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that. And it was that. thick, and he was talking about it was causing <laughs> problems. So let me read this to you. It's kind of interesting. Okay. He says, uh, good day. I spoke with you guys in January about the acorn issue I was having, an overabundance of them in my yard. Joe gave me a good solution about picking up the acorns other than raking them, which is uh, quite a bit of work. As it turns out, I did nothing about it. Why? Wow. Because my wife and I have entered a contract uh, entered uh, in a contract to remodel our home, and the lawn was destroyed with construction equipment, dumpsters, and storage containers. Next month, I'll plant new grass seed and tend to the yard. Thank you for your acorn advice. <laughs> so, so he he didn't he didn't get around to fixing or you know trying to correct that, and now he says ah, I'm throwing in the towel. I'll wait till these guys get through destroying things. But but it does bring up a point that when you're dealing with a contractor, I don't almost no matter what kind of project you're doing. It's worth talking to them about how will the work be done and what right. kind of damage will occur um, afterwards. Because even if you're not doing any work outside and trucks are parked and you're walking in and out, in and out, in and out, you, you might walk in and out of a house, you know, 75 to 100 times. Well, your grass is going to uh, suffer as a result of that. So you need to think about that kind of thing. Because there are a lot of ways with putting down some plywood pieces to walk on in any of those high traffic areas. Um, I even saw where someone took a front door off a house, they put it in their front yard on sawhorses, right. and then they refinished it. Well, 
they walked around and around and they were sanding and they were doing this and round and around and around. Yeah. And it completely created a rut that required them to get some sod pieces and cut oh, it wow. and put sod back in because it, yeah. uh, it just destroyed it when you have that much concentration. So that's always a good thing to think about anytime you're doing any kind of a project at your house. Just what what's it going to look like when you finish? I mean, you know, right. you, and, and you may want to go ahead and allow for a certain amount of landscaping money or in the, in the budget or whatever depends, but just something to think about um, as you, you know, try to improve your homes. Hey, when we come back, if you have some just concrete steps that just don't look like you want them to look, we have a few ways that you can dress them up and make them look a lot better. All of that and a whole lot more coming up here on today's Homeowner Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Wizard Screen Solutions. Find out more at wizardscreens.com. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini, and we're answering as many questions as we possibly can during this week's show. So we're going to go right back to the hotline right now. Linda's on the line. Linda, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on around your house. Thank you. Good morning to both of you. Thank Thank you. you. So I have precast concrete front steps, and I just want to jazz them up a little bit. I thought about flagstone, and then somebody said if you put flagstone down it, moisture gets underneath it, and it'll lift. So just looking for something, just a a little curb appeal, more curb appeal. I got you. I got you. And and probably some... A kind of a anti-skid approach, too, because I imagine those concrete steps get pretty slick when it rains. Uh, they can be. They can be. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let, let's we'll throw a few ideas out at you. I mean, one of the first things uh, I think about is uh, uh, just putting a coating over it that's a stone coating. Uh, there's a number of different types that are available through uh, Deitch, one of our sponsors, Deitch. Um, DeitchCoatings.com, D-A-I-C-H. Uh, they have a lot of different um, products there that can, you know, uh, uh, introduce some color into it, introduce some stone finish on it. Also helps on the uh, anti-skid abilities of it. Um, that's one way to go. But now on the flagstone, um, Joe, what do you think on that? You know, if you use the right material, you prep everything, you glue that down with the right, right. exterior um, adhesive, probably won't have a problem with them lifting. But what happens a lot of times when you're dealing with steps, um, if you're trying to cover them completely, then you have a lot of edges to deal with. Right. You've got your treads, you've got your risers, you've got the sides to them. Uh, that could yeah. be problematic, but uh, uh, what what do you think on that idea, Joe? Linda, that's you're very timely with this call because believe it or not, I just met with a contractor and signed a, a, a contract with him to do um, pour a concrete step in front of our house. Right now, we have a wooden deck. I'm pulling that off. He's going to pour a concrete step, so I'm going to have essentially what you have. Um, but then I decided um, he's going to cover the whole thing in granite with some on the top, on the walking surface. So your choice would be, I would recommend either blue stone or granite. Originally, I was going to have blue stone. These are Pennsylvania blue stone, which are, which you see it. Now, I understand you live in Connecticut as I, as I do. And we see a lot of blue stone around here. Um, But he came the other day with some samples 
and the price of granite has actually come down to the same as bluestone. So I went for the granite instead because I live in Litchfield County and there's granite everywhere. So I, I wanted to keep it as natural as possible. So what he's going to do is put, uh, I think it's one inch to one and a quarter inch thick granite slabs on the walking surfaces. So it'll be on the treads and on the patio part of it, you know, when we first come out the door. Then on the sides, the risers and the sides, he's going to use just natural, what we call Roxbury stone, because I live in Roxbury. They're going to put flat Roxbury stone, which is a natural stone found around here, on the sides, so you don't see the concrete. So that would, that's what I would recommend, because flagstone does to have a tendency, it's usually thinner and has a tendency to kind of like flake and fracture over time. And I suspect that's from moisture getting in it and then freezing and expanding. Yeah. So I would call there, you know, here in Connecticut, there are tons of guys doing, landscapers doing stonework. I had three or four bids. Um, I called in three or four contractors. There's plenty of them. But I would recommend either bluestone or granite. I appreciate that. I look at it and then I say, oh, I don't know. I said, well, let me just call and, you know, and see if you had some great ideas for me. Well, I, I think you'd like this. And they, they'll bring out samples or show you photographs of their work. Um, I would definitely recommend seeing that. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, the, the granite or the bluestone are really beautiful. And did, did I hear you say you had a second question for us? Uh, I did. I was just wondering where the both of you met since you're here in Connecticut and yes. Danny's down south. Where did you two connect? Well, we were actually um, in a, um, a a review where we were dancers out in right. Vegas. Did you ever and, see? Um, yeah. <laughs> remember, remember River Dance? You remember River yeah, Dance? Yeah, River Dance. Yeah. Well, we, this we was River Dance. Yeah, Mohegan. this was this was pond dancing. We didn't. We couldn't get into the River Dance. <laughs> When you that's have two not, left, when you have two left feet or four left feet in this case, <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. No, no. Actually, when um, when I was able to take my television show to a national level in 1998, um, Joe was on the staff of the magazine that I partnered with, Today's Homeowner Magazine, and Joe was a writer there. Uh, and of course, way back then, he was still doing Simple Solutions and a lot of other articles. So we uh, we got to know each other pretty well and uh, st- started uh, having him on the television show and. And uh, have been friends all these years. That was 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And he's still talking to me. So it's yeah, working and he's, out pretty and well. And he's still talking to me. He hasn't gotten any yeah. closer than Alabama, but we're still friends. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> well, that's a great story. Congratulations on a long friendship. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's thank one you. of my favorite friendships with a lot of people down in Mobile, actually. Well, we certainly appreciate you being a part of the show. If we can help you any other way, just let us know. And best of luck on jazzing up those stairs. Well, thank you both very much. Have a great day. Thank okay, you. you as well. Thanks, Linda. Well, that's very nice. And a great little project there, too, you know, because, um, again, she said it right off the bat, curb appeal. Yep. Uh, that's certainly a good way to take care of that. Hey, coming up, we're going to be talking about Simple Solution. Yep, it's Simple Solution time. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to today's Home on the Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Duck Brand Weatherization Products. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our Simple Solution segment brought to you by my buddy, Joe Truini. What do you have, Joe? All right, Danny. Here's a simple but very effective way to clean the cooking grates on a barbecue grill. And it could be charcoal or gas, doesn't matter. And we're going to use one of our favorite products, Danny, and it's white vinegar. That's right, white distilled vinegar. (laughs) So what you're going to do is um, pour white distilled vinegar into a spray bottle, straight, don't dilute it at all, just straight um, 
white vinegar, and you want to spray the cooking surface. By the way, this technique works best when the grill is still warm, not so hot that, you know, you might burn yourself, but, you know, you want it warm because it softens any of those pieces of food or whatever stuck on the grill. So anyway, so you spray the cooking grates on the grill um, and a lot of vinegar to remain on the surface for you know, two or three minutes or so. Then tear off a good piece, good sized chunk of aluminum foil, like maybe piece, maybe 16 or 18 inches long. And a lot of people know this technique where you take the foil, you crumble it up and you scrub the cooking surface. And that works pretty well, but this works so much better if you put on the vinegar first. So anyway, you take the, the aluminum foil, crumble up into a ball, and scrub the grates with this. And what happens is the, the acid in the vinegar cuts through the grease and the grime, and, and the foil acts like an abrasive to remove these stuck-on bits of food. Um, and if you do this, most people, you know, they do it at the start of the season, at the end of the season, but if you really do it, you don't have to do it every single time you use the, the grill, but if you do it two or three times a cooking season, even if you live down south where you are, we have a very long outdoor mm -hmm. cooking season. Uh, two or three times a season really is all you need. Um, and again, it just takes vinegar and a little piece of foil. You, you know, this sounds like a, a great solution on that because, you know, a few years ago, they started talking about not to use the brushes. That right. The wire brushes, you know, that some of the little pieces of wire would come loose. Oh, you know, well, I doubt that, but it's absolutely true. I don't use a wire brush anymore because I started finding those little things um, around on the grill, and I'd have to take right. you know those paper towel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I use aluminum foil all the time now. Now I guess I need to buy another gallon of white vinegar. <laughs> I mean, I'm only using about a gallon a day now on all of these different simple solutions you come up with. I'm man, I smell like vinegar all the time. Between the pool noodles and the white vinegar, you can hardly keep up. Yeah. I know it exactly right. And you can certainly go to todayshomeowner.com and and be able to uh, view um, over 550 simple solutions waiting on you right now. Also want to tell you what you can see on the Today's Homeowner television show this weekend. And, you know, uh, the television show will only be on broadcast for just a few more weeks. So encourage you to take a look at this one. And, of course, um, this one is going to be about our Backyard Paradise contest that we uh, taped up just south of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, it is awesome. You should see the before and after picture, wonderful family we worked with. Of course, the guys from Pavestone and Quick Read always knock a home run. Well, they hit a really long home run on this one because it really turned out nice. A lot of little extras and a lot of little features that you could use on a patio in your backyard. Just go to todayshomeowner.com to find out where you can see the show in your area. And also want to remind you that we have close to 600 shows that are airing right now on Roku, Pluto, Freevee. Also, if you have an LG Smart TV, tune on over to channel 476 and you will see... Um, um, the Today's Homeowner television show, 24 hours a day. So a lot more information, and you can go to todayshomeowner.com slash stream to find out exactly where you can see us in your neck of the woods. But we certainly appreciate you being with us this week, and uh, and we want to encourage you to reach out to us. Now, the radio show will be continuing till the end of the year, and we want to help you with anything that you might be challenged with around your house. So again, I, I know I mentioned the phone numbers and the uh, website quite a bit, during the show, but I want to encourage you to take the time to give us a call so that we can help you out. Again, 800-946-4420, and you can send us an email at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. I'm Danny Lifford, along with my buddy Joe Truini. Thank you so much for listening to this hour of Today's Homeowner Radio.